Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. It's Chris Rosen. I'm so pleased to be joined by Jordan Hoffman. The New York Film Critics Circle chair and the two-time vice chair uh, the day after the New York Film Critics Circle dinner, which Jordan was gracious enough to invite me to. That's Jordan, right. how do you get, first of all, how do you get to be a two-time vice chair? Let's start there. I would, I, <laughs> that, that was thanks to the uh, the novel coronavirus. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what happened was, uh, first of all, sometimes chairs are twice. And um, uh, Stephanie Zaharik, uh, one of the finest film critics who, who's ever lived, has ever put pen to paper. She was the chair for 2020 and she chose me as the vice chair. And then um, that year of course was COVID. So we had to do it virtually. And I said, look, um, the whole point of Stephanie being chair is I see what elegant gown she's gonna wear on stage. So I, I liberally quoted Lyndon Baines Johnson. And I said, I will not seek nor shall I accept the position of chair until Stephanie gets to host an event live. And then she did in our, for 2022, she did get to do, we had to delay it till March because of um, Omicron. And, you know, the NYFCC likes to be first out of the gate. Yes. Historically, historically, we are the first event of the calendar year. Um, and so anyhow, so that's how I was vice chair twice. And I was chair this year. And then who knows what will be next year. Well, I got to say, Jordan, not just because you invited me and because we're friends in real life and you're a contributor to Gold Derby as well. So there's a lot of reasons I'm I'm hashtag biased, but I thought you did a wonderful job as Thank chair. You. you had to host the event, a gracious yeah. host. Uh, you look great. There's photos of you all over social media. We're trying to get those to go viral, I believe. <laughs> you came out with a, a baton, did a little spoof of Tar to open. That's true. I mean, listen, uh, Tar was our winner for for, you know, two of the biggest awards, best film. And then also Kate Blanchett for Best Actress, deservedly so. And I'm thinking, you know, what are we going to do to honor that? Normally, the the MC just gets up there and says, welcome. So I said, no, let's blast with really good speakers the opening fanfare of the first movement of Mahler's Fifth Symphony, which, of course, in the uh, no spoilers, but it's significant in the movie Tar. Um, we could have gone all the way and done a little action sequence like that happens to that music in the movie, but we we kept it sane. So I just came out and, and pretended to be, uh, have the essence of Lydia Tarr within me. And that led into my little opening spiel. And uh, I did have to buy a, a baton, a, a conductor's baton. I, bu- I bought one on Amazon. They are um, not expensive if you get a cheap one. I got two for six bucks. So, nice. you know, 
I don't know that I would go. I don't think the Lydia Tar would use one of mine as plastic or whatever, but it looked fine for the event. So I mean, I got to say, maybe she would, Jordan, based on what happens in the film, right? She That's could have true. started with an Amazon baton. That's uh, right. Linda, Linda Tar probably had Amazon had a baton from Amazon. <laughs> Lydia Tar was spending a lot of money on her baton. Yeah. Hers is made of the finest uh, teak mahogany from uh, a, a, a tree in Belize that can never be replanted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so. We, the New York Film, you mentioned like first out of the gate, New York Film Critics Circle. We, we love awards here at Cold Derby Journey. As a contributor, you know that. We just love, yeah. love awards so much. Uh, there was a lot of great, I feel like a lot of great stuff last night for me as a brainwormed awards person where I'm like, oh, this is like the kickoff to now the season. It's not a televised event, but there were a lot of uh, media people inside, I would say, right? Like, yeah, uh, a, a um, lot of media people inside. And I do want to, I do want to give a little, little shout out to our burgeoning NYFCC dot com website because mm. we do have audio of all of the speeches and we are slowly getting them up and this year we will get the audio i mean kate blanchett's speech was marvelous kiwi kwan's was marvelous uh you know jenny slate was very funny um so we have a few from the archives we have adam sandler gave a, a, a riotous presentation to the safties a few years ago lady gaga last year we have those up there on the site if you go if you poke around the site, you could find it. And in time, we're going to start getting more of the audio of the speeches up. Uh, but yeah, it's not televised. And I think it's to the evening's benefit because when the cameras aren't on, the presenters and the winners are a little bit more relaxed. Also, they know who won. Right. There's no there's no nerves. You know, Kate Blanchett isn't sitting there going, oh, Christ, am I going to lose to Michelle Williams? I mean, it's not it's not like that. Um so, you know, it, she can kind of cruise in and, and know everything's cool for her and do her thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, it, it is an interesting kickoff to the uh, to the year. You know, our group can be um, we can be good predictors of the Oscars and we can also be um, we can we very frequently do our own thing. Yes. So, for example, last year, Lady Gaga, she she did not get even get not she didn't even get nominated not even nominated Jordan. i'm still getting people dunked on me for for thinking that she should get nominated but she yeah. should because she was amazing right. in House of Gucci. she was great and she deserved certainly a nomination and and obviously our group get made her best actress so you know for for a person like that this is sort of their only night and we've done we've done other sort of like oh who didn't expect that i mean i think probably the most famous in the last x amount 10 years or so was we gave the award to rachel vise for um uh the terence davies film the name of which i'm i'm blanking on right now is that it or you see that's right yeah and that was one where it was like oh new york film critic circle doing their own thing okay i mean last night we gave the um best director award to ss rajamale um which you know i i i would not be surprised it, he's a dark horse but he might get best director nominated for the oscars he should because he directed the hell out of that movie I mean, that movie is a well-directed film. It's action, it's comedy, it's, uh, you know, musical numbers. It's real drama. Like when the little girl's trapped in the room, it's like, holy crap, get her out of there. It's an effing good movie. So, uh, yeah, I mean, him winning the Best Director at the Oscars is, is unlikely, but a nomination, maybe. So I was thinking that, too, and I was like, one of the things I love about, not just because I know a lot of people in the New York film critics circle, Jordan, personally, yes, but also yes. just in general, I like this year felt like a good mix of, like you said, like picking 
awards contenders that most likely will be awards nominee, like Oscar nominee, like Kate Blanchett. Everybody's expect. I mean, she seemingly sure. is like going to win an Oscar, right? Or likely would, maybe would. Uh, certainly nominated. Same with Kiyu Khan uh, as well for Everything Everywhere. Like these are people who are going to be talking about Colin Farrell, who wasn't there unfortunately, but we'll get to him because I wanted to talk about Kerry Condon, who was oh, who was unbelievable as a a stand-in for the Team Banshees uh, attendees who could not attend. But Absolutely. the one thing you mentioned, like SS Roger Mole, I love I love seeing that because I was like. I think the thing about New York film critics are because you guys are first and because of the history of the group. And I'm not just saying this because we're like talking. I'm like, yeah. there yeah. is a more of uh, attention paid to the winners, even though it's a critic group that has no crossover really with uh, any Academy members, obviously, or any kind of that thing. But the fact that you're elevating something makes people maybe, maybe want to pay more attention to it. So if somebody is a voter who has not watched RRR, has yeah. not chance to see it, doesn't even know what it is. Maybe they're going to be like, Oh wow. I should go check it out. Cause this esteemed group that I'm very familiar with. Uh, picked this man as the best director. I mean, this is this is this is part of the calculation for many of our voters. I mean, it's a large group; it's forty-two voters, and some are just like, "I vote for what I like and get out of my way," and some are like, "No, let's let's um, you know, if it's between Rajamole and I'm not going to name names because we we really shouldn't talk about who come who comes in second and third, but you know, people that are people from Hollywood. Sure, I would imagine that they're are some voters who are like, no, I want to, I want to elevate Rajamali and and make sure that more Oscar voters, more people in Hollywood watch RRR. You know, the more anybody who presses play on RRR is going to like it. Anybody who goes to a theater to see it is going to love it. And the more people who go to RRR screenings are going to realize this guy rules. And you know, uh, SS Rajamali now has an agent at CAA. And, you know, I, I want him to continue to make films in India with Indian talent, but with American money. Right. I, that's, that's what I want. And with, you know, maybe a few, you know, get Chris Evans as a, you know, third builds sure. supporting player yeah. or whomever. Um, but, you know, that's that's my personal hope. Just that you're not not I'm not wearing the hat of the NYFCC. That's just me as a film goer. I want right. to see that. So there definitely is the the thing of Ella. I mean, you know, we gave an award to last night. I don't I don't know to what extent she's considered a front runner for the Oscars this year, but um, you know, maybe this gives her a boost. And she showed up last night, wore an amazing outfit, and and said all the right things on stage. She was hilarious and 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 elegant. And she, I I think she's great in the movie Nope. You know, and That's I would awesome. love to see. Yeah. yeah, I loved I love that too. I, the thing, another thing I love about the ceremony. Uh, is that you have the people give presentations to the winners. Like you said, I already know they won. So yeah. then you have people going up there to say, here's why this person is awesome and should win. And for for Kiki Palmer, it was like Jordan Peele. The thing I thought was interesting for uh, Roger Mole was you had Mary Harron doing it. I, I yeah. when, the, when I saw RRR, I went to a screening at Lincoln Square and she was uh, did the Q&A after she moderated it. And the thing yeah. I love, and then she did last night, she gave another speech. The thing I love about that, and I think, again, proof of power of RRR is, Mary Heron, not necessarily the type of person you would say would like RRR. She's a, you know, I don't know how old she's probably like in her 60s, maybe, or, and, uh, you know, uh, not uh, from India or anything like that, and was just taken with. And it doesn't didn't yeah. even really say she even, like she said, doesn't really know a lot of the references or anything, but she, she was just like, she, she's incredible. just like a, like a lot of us. She has no connection to RRR other than as a film goer who was blown away. And she said, for somehow she, Ended up at a screening of RRR, at, didn't even know what the heck it was, loved it so much that she bought a ticket a few days later to see it again. 
And uh, yes, you know, the, the winners are already announced prior to our event. So for our evening uh, at this, you know, uh, very stately, uh, uh, well, I don't know, space that was downtown, the, our, our element of surprise is who will the presenters be? And that's right. been like that for years. And we've always had um, uh, unexpected people show up um, or people that you kind of hope will show up. Uh, last two years running, we had an appearance from the King of New York, Martin Scorsese. It's always nice when sort of the elder god of new york filmmaking uh, involves himself and we've had people like that uh last night we had some unexpected voices to present to the best nonfiction film which was all the beauty and the bloodshed uh david byrne which you know when you think at first you go david byrne what the hell is he doing there and they're like well all the beauty and the bloodshed uh is about um nan golden's current work as a, an activist but it's also her life story as a downtown artist in the 80s. And who who was the soundtrack to that world more than David Byrne? Nobody. So, you know, that's the that's a connection there. Um, so other little surprises like that. Jim Jarmus showing up to give the to present to um EO to Jerzy Smolikowski. Why? Because he loves that movie. And and, and also, was, yeah, also because he's cool and we like having him there. <laughs> that was a great one. It was literally Jim Jarmusch again. And you, we talked about that before the, the show. Like I said, I was a guest. You, you so graciously invited us, my, me and my, my wife, Kate. And uh, we you did not tell us who was presenting. So I was very surprised by everybody. And uh, Jim Jarmusch was a shock. And then the fact that he just got up there and was like, you know, it's great donkeys. He just loved donkeys so much. He couldn't wait. <laughs> To talk about donkeys and how bad human beings are and how movies should not be shown from the human perspective as much. And it was a wonderful yeah. speech. <laughs> He's an interesting cat. I mean, I've I've I love Jim Jarmish. I mean, he is a niche, you know, he has a niche audience. He's not Mr. Mainstream, but his movies are so mannered and so precise and so quiet. And he's obviously very, he's a very low key speaker, but he's kind of all over the place, which is great. He's not that much, he looks really cool. But he's not as much like his movies as you think. He's no. kind of like a, a little bit goofy at times, so uh, which is great. So, you know, that was an example of somebody. And then the other one, unfortunately, uh, Colin Farrell was unable to attend in person. This does happen from time to time. But he sent he and Martin McDonough, who also just coincidentally was unable to attend in person. Um, they sent Carrie Condon as as their emissary and she was hilarious. So my my take on that was, and again, brainworm towards person. I was like, Carrie Condon is a, a strong contender, it seems like, for an Oscar nomination as well for her great performance in Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, she's wonderful in the movie and not very well known, right? Like a person who, again, is like, you know, been in certain things. I think she was in Better Call Saul and like, you know, is obviously a fame in Ireland, probably much more famous than she is in, in America in our, yeah. uh, you know, cloistered uh, American centric ideas. But I was yeah. like, she's really great in the movie. And she absolutely murdered her two little speeches. She was so funny, so charming yeah. and so engaging. And I was like, if she ever gets on TV, like with or like people obviously having a lot of media people in the room there will help, too. I was like, man, she's going to be irresistible for people because she's so fun and charming. You're yeah. going to want her to be on your show it's, giving a speech, right? It's like not a bad it's not a bad night for somebody who's looking for a little bit of attention. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because first of all, uh, the food's really good. Wow. All you got to if you're if you're if you're someone in the biz like Carrie Condon, you have to suffer a little bit of red carpet photographs, but that's OK. She looked dynamite. You get up and tell a few jokes and you're in front of the press. You're in front of you know representatives of Gold Derby who who are aware that you sure. are 
potentially, uh, you know, a dark horse candidate for supporting actress for a great movie. And it's a good it's a good thing. You know, if, if you if you're in the, if you happen to be in New York or if you're not too busy and you don't mind flying into New York on somebody else's dime, you know, it's 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 good for somebody like Carrie Condon to show up. And and everybody loved her. You know, I mean, I did see uh, she had to walk uh, to the stage twice and on, on, on one of her passes right near Cape Blanchett, Kate gave her a big hug. So that's nice. And. You know, she got to schmooze with uh, other big directors. She got to schmooze with Jordan Peele. She got to schmooze for the Daniels. Maybe the Daniels have somebody to cast in the next picture. And they're like, oh, Carrie Condon's hilarious, you know? Oh, what about that one role that we hadn't really thought of yet? She could be Irish. Yeah, she should be Irish. Next thing you know, Carrie Condon's in the next Daniels picture, you know? I, I love that. I'm in. Let's do could it. What happened? <laughs> so, um, hey, listen, maybe the Daniels need a uh, a balding, middle-aged uh a uh, film critic from New York who, uh, you know, likes the stage, maybe? Who knows? They're I, gonna, mean, they're gonna, I can tell you this, definitely, based on your performance, I was like, definitely the Safdies should give you a call. I feel like you'd fit right in, in their world. You know, I've known Josh and Benny for a while. They have my number. <laughs> I have not, not suggested I be in their movies before. They're aware. They're aware of what I can do. It's good stuff. I mean, I'm in. I'd watch. I, I definitely, especially after. Uncle I don't Jerry. know if I. I mean, you know, those guys. Did you see Funny Game? Funny Games. Funny Funny Pages. Not yet. No, I know you love they, that movie. They, yeah, 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 they plucked. I one of the Safdie's weirdos ended up as a Funny Pages weirdo, Ooh. and it's like on the one part, awesome. There's some crossover. I think one of the Safdies produced Funny Pages. Sure, or, that there, makes sense. There's a connection. There's a shared producer or something. And the, so there's some Safdie's faces in that movie. And then then and again, maybe it's like, maybe I don't want to be part of that world. I don't know. <laughs> the thing, anyway. The other thing I want to ask, you mentioned like having Martin Scorsese there, King of New York, great moment. He videoed in. Uh, yeah. Very yeah. professional. The most professional looking video I've ever seen. I, I assume he got Rodrigo Prieto or somebody to shoot this in his house. Well, uh, it's, it's it's very funny. And um, I'll just let the insiders who listen to Gold Derby know um, the New York Film Critics Circle, because we 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 don't we don't have a videotape. It's not on TV. Uh, we we want to have everything in a house. We don't like to do a lot of video presentation. It's very, very rare. Uh, it's really only happened twice. It happened last year because of Omicron and there was some last minute stuff. And then, um, you know, uh, you know, scheduling things happen sure. where somebody can't show up at the last minute. And then you, you, you say, okay, well, we'll get somebody else. So um, Martin Scorsese um, was honored that we asked him to present to Todd Field for best picture. And, you know, we were thrilled that he even, um, you know, would even pay attention to us. You know, he's, he is, he is who he is. And then at the last minute, he sent regrets. He really, really could not make it. Um, but like you said, so we said, well, for you, you know, we'll we'll do a video. It's okay. Now, what we had expected was, you know, we've all been doing this now in the COVID timeline where people get on their iPhone and make a video and send it and it's fine, you know. But no, this is Martin effing Scorsese. <laughs> so I don't know whether he used a, a red cam. I'm not a tech guy, but he did not use an iPhone or an iPad. No way. <laughs> He used whatever camera you shoot silence on, you know, like he used that rig. He was in a room in his home, professionally lit, and it was a two camera setup because there was a cut in there. Yes. And it, and it was not to, and I said to, I, you know, cause I got to look at the video early and I, I said to, uh, 
to someone else internally. I'm like, do you think he did two takes and then just use the cut in between? He's like, no, that's a perfect match. This was a two camera setup. So he got two. I guess he just has these in his basement. He has oh. these, you know, $800,000 cameras in his basement. Professionally lit, professional sound, professional edit. He's He is the best. And he and then, spoke very eloquently yeah. about Tar. And what he did this year, which is similar to what he did last year when he, he presented to um, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, is he spoke about the movie on a, on a very, very technical level at first. He's talking about aspect ratios. He's talking about, uh, you know, camera angles. And he's he, he's literally like, you know, saying the kinds of uh, lenses or whatever. He's throwing out the names. They're using the 42 and they're shooting in the 235. And it's kind of going over my head. But I'm like, oh, cool. He knows what he's saying. I love this. But then he explained why that is important to Tar or, or Power of the Dog for last year and brought it on home. I mean, the guy is you know he's irreplaceable i mean he's 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 amazing at at talking very technically and then explaining why that matters to a film goer when which of course 99 percent of us have no idea why and until he says so so that was really cool that he did that i thought his speech was so great and like I, I think the thing i love about i love this love the whole setup of the new york film critic circle but i love when when people are talking about movies that they're not affiliated with, right? Like, obviously, like, so he's not, he just literally was like, you know what movie rules is tar, and here's why, and I'll tell you why. The other yeah. thing he did, I felt like that was really interesting, is that he, I was nodding along, because I know you you will know that I agree with this, is he was like, tar is a challenging movie, it doesn't want to handhold the audience, right? And you will, and as a moviegoer, we're seeing how that has now all movies do. And he has never been that type of filmmaker. No. And, and Tar is not that type of movie. And it obviously has started conversations and people don't agree on everything about the movie or maybe the Absolutely. politically the movie is not what they want. And I thought that was really interesting that that is what he is responding to as a filmmaker and something that, you know, Martin Scorsese obviously is like, I think right now, the the last living person who cares about film preservation, right? Yeah. Or seemingly. He always is like uh, very much a person who is worried about preserving old films right and like kind yeah. of like that kind of thing and in listening to his speech uh i was blown away by that concept too where it's like preserving film extends to challenging an audience too and how few movies we get like that now and yeah I, that was that, really profound yeah i mean you know a character like lydia tar and a character like jake lamada from raging bull are not that dissimilar you know they're they're complicated characters and there was a time you know the golden age 1970s and early 80s of like <laughs> that was what every movie was and now, you know, it's Black Adam and Black Adam has its place. Sure. But, you know, Black Adam is not going to be remembered. In a, well, maybe it's already forgotten, but I, I, it know, might be. It, it might, might be already forgotten. I mean, it's it's you know, there there are there are there are mechanics in place right now to produce four more movies like Black Adam in the next year. Why? 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 When you could make more. Tars. Now, one answer is Tar made 18 cents at the box office and <laughs> Black Adam wasn't a hit, but it, it had it could have been, you know, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, Black Adam wasn't a disaster. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, it's what, you know, there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance between, you know, art and commerce, of course. And, uh, you know, Scorsese's had hits, you know, he's, he's yeah, made he, it happen. Hotfield could have could have a hit someday. Maybe. I don't know. Sure. Tar could, Tar did not connect to the box office, but it could have. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a different. No, none like of it, these movies have connected to the box office, right? Like we've seen a lot of these award movies. RRR has, but that's. Yeah. I mean, even in America, RRR certainly has internationally. But even for a, for an, an import, the American box office has been good, um, as like an event to go, ha- you know, go with your friends and go see RRR. But yeah, of the of the movies we celebrated last night, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once was a box office success. Uh, nope, right? That was a box office success. Another hit. Yeah. And of course, we did give the best cinematography award to a Claudio Miranda of Top Gun. And um, I did schmooze a little bit with Claudio. And, uh, you know, he he was touched. He was truly touched because he, you know, the guy is re- recognized in the biz. He's not someone who does not get his share of accolades, but he was not expecting to get the NYFCC award. And what he was saying between the lines was I didn't think you snobs would 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 recognize this movie. <laughs> right. And he even said, you know, normally I was expecting a movie like, I probably shouldn't say which one because he was speaking off the record, but he, he, he mentioned a film by a pretty well-known DP that's a bit of a snooze that'll probably get, um, uh, that'll probably get a, an Oscar nom because it's like what gets an Oscar nom. And he said, oh, I thought you'd give it to something like X and I'll tell you later. Okay. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. But I'm like, no, but but Top Gun Maverick, first of all, delighted millions of people, zillions of people. And it works. It's it's not the story that makes Top Gun Maverick work, that dumb story where the, you know, we must defeat the enemy. It's the momentum of the film. It's the visual, right. it's a visual film. You can watch that movie. You can when it's out on streaming, you could put it in another language and don't put subtitles on and love that movie. You don't need to know what those people are saying. Right, exactly. You don't it's need visually, to know what fanboy is saying to Hangman. What is fanboy saying to Hangman? I don't know. Who cares? He's flying around. <laughs> and the Who's playing. That's what's happening in no, Top Gun Maverick. The Who part is good. I love that you got to say call sign fanboy because uh, 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 the, the actor who plays Danny fanboy, Ramirez. Danny Ramirez yeah. was there to present to Claudia yeah. Miranda. That, that was fun. That was that was an example uh, of not of what you were suggesting, like Jarmusch or Mary Heron right. or Scorsese who had no connection for this it was like, no, this guy was up there. He had he had Miranda's lens right in his schnoz, you know, yeah. flying around. So that and was. That, uh, that stuff was. I mean, a lot of those were great too because he had the Daniels doing uh, Ki Hu Kwan, who I thought was yeah. a very lovely speech, and he's been giving great speeches and like he's so charming, uh, yeah. and very great story. I thought that was really sweet. Oh so a lot. Of, I did. I did get to. Uh, I schmoozed a little bit with Ki Hu Kwan. Oh, so, so tell after. me about that, Jordan. Tell me about that. Well, the schmo- You know what I didn't want to say because he gets it all day. Is I saw. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when I was nine years old. Sure. And I've been, a, I've, you know, I'm a, a lot, I've never, I never, I, it's a little corny because like, to, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I love indie. You know, you want to love Indiana Jones. I love Short Round. Great. I love, love I love, I love, friggin' love Short Round as a kid. I was obsessed with Short Round. I like, I wanted, to, yeah, it's corny to say, but I want to be Short Round, you know? And I've been, I don't think, you know, when did that movie come out? In nineteen, in eighteen hundred thousand years ago, whenever yeah. it came out, a very long time ago, for like, I can't think. There's probably been, hasn't been a month since I saw Indiana Jones where I haven't said the phrase, "Oh, very funny, Doctor Jones." Like whenever, sure. whenever something that isn't funny happens, you say, "Oh, very funny, Doctor." I say it to my wife constantly. You know, Hi Hui Kwan is is very dear to me. It's and. You know, I never, and then like, you know, you forget about him. And then a few years ago, you find, did you know, Kiwi Kwan is working as a um, stunt 
coordinator and he, you know, he's in the biz. I'm like, oh, that's great. I, you know, I always wonder whatever happened to that guy. And then this movie comes out and um, full disclosure, it's not my favorite movie. It was not right. my top 10. I mean, I, I liked it. It's great. And the Daniels are really creative and, but it was not my favorite movie of the year. But just every time he was on screen, I was just flipping out. The first time you hear his voice, like, oh my God, it's such a warm uh, thing for moviegoers to have Ki Hui Kwan back. I mean, yeah. so cool. So I did at, at the end of the evening, I just kind of by happenstance happened to be right right near him. And he was very gracious to me. He just said, You you know, you were you were terrific on stage. You were very funny. And this was very, you know. That's great. It, it, honestly, of all the people that were there. To get a compliment from him probably meant more. I mean, if Kate Blanchett told me I was brilliant, obviously that would be fun. But for Kiwi Kwan to be like, oh, give me, kind give me a hug and everything, like oh. that's great. I mean, I think for a film I've, critic, for a, a schnook of a film critic who does nothing but sit in the dark and go, yeah, this could have been better. Ah, weak third act. Yeah, yeah, it stinks. For a film critic to hear from a guy that you really like is nice. I will say uh, I, I agree with that. I think also he uh, we're around the same age. I think I mean we're pretty we're in the same area code. I would say in the age. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I would say I think the other thing was when Temple of Doom came out, like seeing a kid be like a in, mature enough to interact with Indiana Jones to me was like fun, right? Like kind of like he's like a stand-in for us, right? Of yeah. like being like kids watching Indiana Jones. It's great to be like, oh man, look at this guy. He's just messing around with Indiana Jones. What a cool gig. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Beating uh, him to poker. Yeah. The other uh, when uh, you mentioned critics, there, uh, you know, sitting in a dark room throwing tomatoes at the screen. Uh, Jerry uh, Smolin Smolininsky, how would you say his name for EO? Smolikovsky. Smolikovsky. So close. I really had it. I really <laughs> thought I had it there. Uh, he read a great speech. I thought it was, you know, uh, like we mentioned, Jim Jarmusch the intro, but he had like his original review from the first films he screened in New York. Uh, in the New York Times, and it was like, we're so glad he brought his dailies over from Poland, basically, uh, which I thought was like really mean. And I was like, oh, it shows that the discourse has always been so uh, warm and welcoming to filmmakers. Yeah, uh, you know, I think film critic. I think um, here's what I think: the, the film discourse now is is savage and brutal. And when you get when you re, when you pick up an uh, an elite uh, out when you, you know the New York Times or you know, you know, variety or, or you know, that th th there isn't the, the knives don't come out too bad too often. I think years ago you were you were more likely to, to read something savage in the times than you are now. Yes. But I do think that there was no film Twitter back then. So it didn't get as rough. I mean, now, if you if you sneeze the wrong way, you know, Zack Snyder's, you know, maniacs will come after you for for a month and 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 you know chase down your kids at the at the when you try to drop them off at school. So that's a different different world. But yeah, no, he did come out there and like he had a fifty year old clip. You know, he's like, uh, here, when my first film, it was literally, I think he said it was nineteen seventy one. He remembered. He said, but now the critics like me. So that's not the first time somebody's done that that bit where they've mentioned bad reviews. As they accepted most, most memorably, uh, I believe, was it Casey Affleck? Yeah. Wait, who won for Manchester by he the did. Sea? He won for yeah. Manchester by the Sea. Casey Affleck. Well, this is public. This is, this is, I'm not, I'm not reporting on anything that didn't happen in front of no. 300 members of the elite press. Casey Affleck was uh, the, the the chair that year was um, David Edelstein, a, a great critic and a, a wonderful man whose whose company I enjoy. But he had he had written a few things about Casey Affleck in the past that Casey Affleck 
finally had an opportunity to, to get him back. So he read his bad reviews. He read his bad reviews from other members of the press who were there, particularly Edelstein. It was very, very funny. So uh, yeah, it was a good time. That is awesome. I love I love when people do that. I you uh you as the MC did a lot of a little good natured ribbing. I felt too with like sure. uh you know when you were going through the roll call, which I enjoyed. Uh, yeah. You 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 went through the critics and were like you know cheer for the ones you like basically, and we could boo yeah. David Ehrlich, our friend from IndieWire, who's a yeah. great human being, but obviously <laughs> is a lightning rod for uh, hot takes and controversy on Twitter. It seems. Uh, oh, he's mellowed fun. out. He's mellowed yeah, out. But no, he still is a like he's somebody that people have opinions about. Right. So I, I encourage the. I didn't tell him in advance, but I knew he could take it. So it yeah. Uh, so Jordan, last. So but two more things I want to ask you. One yeah. will be last things, but like just overall, we, we were talking about the voting, and I don't want you. You don't want to. I don't want to give away the votes, but for people who like, are you allowed to say like how you guys the process of voting for New York Film Critics Circle? Yes, I can discuss the process okay. because that is that if and in fact for those who want to really get into the nitty gritty, it is public knowledge. You can go to our website, okay. And if you poke around long enough, you will find our our bylaws. Jonah, I gotta and go to this website. I gotta go there. No, no, I mean, yeah, give it a few more days for us to update. You know, we are we are in. You know, we're a group of people who all have day jobs. So, um, but the um, the uh, the bylaws are are written in a very confusing manner. It's very legalese. It's it's like the old Marx Brothers routine: the party, the first part shall, and the party be known as the party, the first part. So there's a little bit of that. But uh, you know it 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 goes um, it goes in rounds, and uh, it is a plurality. So in theory, like the whoever gets the most votes wins. You know, if more if the you know we have forty two members, so you would think um, if uh, X amount of people uh, forty so forty two and a half is twenty one. So if twenty one or more people vote for Kihui Kwan, that means he wins, right? Well, no, not necessarily, because we we vote, and this is in the bylaws. I'm not giving anything away, and this is public. Uh, we we um, we vote for three uh, individuals, you know, gold, gold silver, bronze. Uh, so uh, the top person name gets gets three points and then two points and one point. So the one with the most points wins, but you need to be on a plurality of ballots. Hmm. So that's where it becomes sometimes a little tricky. And so frequently one does not get a winner on the first ballot. It goes to a second round or a third round. And that's where strategy comes in. If you're really gunning for Kihui Kwan and... Uh, Actor X is is also a player, and you may have originally liked that other actor. I'm going to call that actor John Doe. I don't know. Let's say let's say you liked John Doe, and John Doe actually was your second choice, but now John Doe is doing so well that he might win over Kihui Kwan, even though I originally wanted him to be hmm. gold. Um, so you may adjust, right? Just so you're allowed to, to adjust the ballots in like the second go around, basically. Yeah, we 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 go until we have a winner. Until you have a winner, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it is confusing. You are as so as chair. Then are you sitting there counting these votes? Did you have to do the count? Um, I don't know to what extent I'm allowed to disclose. Okay, sorry. The specifics sorry. of it because I don't want you know it can be we for whatever reason it's been decided that we want to keep some of this under wraps. Okay. But uh, what I've just disclosed is public knowledge. Sure. Um, <laughs> there is a uh, there is a method to the madness and it works. I mean, we're not there. There is a system of checks and balances. Right. There's no okay. for anybody who takes. I know a lot of people who who would listen to a podcast like this takes this very seriously. I will say that there is a, a system of checks and balances. There is um, there are people that, you know, there's you know, it's, it's, it's done with there's record keeping. There's mathematics involved. Sure. 
when we're we don't, legitimate organization, Jordan. We're a legitimate organization, and when and when we're not sure, we got to we say let's check it again. Right. You know, it's take it's taken for something like look. You know, we're not curing disease, right? I mean, you know, not it's yet. not that, but it, when yet. So at, on the one hand, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but on the other hand, it's a big of a deal to the people who are in the race, and you know, it's it's a big deal to somebody who Kiwi Kwan's next movie. He might if he wins yeah. the Oscar, he's gonna gonna get a you know his kids are gonna get a, get a nice car you know yeah. it's gonna it comes down to financials at some level for some of these things so we do take it seriously i mean i think you like that's good that you do and i think that like yeah. it, i can tell like, it's a great or it's a historic organization and you guys we are the oldest really we job. are the oldest yeah. in america we go back to 1935 we are not the oldest in the world there's one in britain that's a little bit older however yeah, yeah. there's always an asterisk chris that group in Britain, did not start giving awards until 1980. So there what is. What have they been doing? There's a. What were they doing between? I, they, tea, I guess. Right. They, there was a. Doing? There is a critics group called the London Critics, whatever, and they they have been around since like 1929 for film. There was originally a critic group in London for for all the arts, for theater, painting, books, and then. Um, and they were they've, they've been around forever. And then they started a cinema wing in 1929. Our, I think it's 29. It might be 28, 29, 30. Our group goes back to 35. But we've been giving out prizes since day one in 1935. Uh, they were sitting on their hands until 1980, those, those, those Londoners. So who knows? What was the first year for you in this group? What, what year did you get joined? Uh, that is a good question. And I, uh, it wasn't that long ago. Um, uh, and I, I, gee, you know, I think it was whatever, um, whatever, what year was Carol? I believe Carol. Uh, 2012, right? 2013, right? Let me see. Oh, 2015 was Carol. Really? All right. So I think it was Carol. 2015. 2015. That's a long time. What was 2014? What was the big winner in 2014? Mm, let me well, see. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I think it was the Carol year was my first. Okay. Year. Well, 24. I'm Googling here. We're Googling it live. Uh, boyhood. Boyhood. Did I vote on Boyhood? I, don't, I certainly I love Boyhood. I, I may have been Carol. Might have been my first year. Nice. I might have been after in between the Boyhood and Carol. Well, first it's a the Boyhood and Carol. It's a great group, Jordan. And you were an incredible chair, I'd have to say. And if you do it again next year, I'm sure you learned a lot this year. That will probably sure. help you next year. Sure. Um, yeah. But it was, it was a great event. Any last parting words here before we sign off? No, I mean, listen, um, if you know, I think, you know, these the, the movies, um, you know, the, the, the number one thing, it's great to maybe give a spotlight to a movie that you haven't gotten around to see that you, that you hear is good, you know? So if, if that if that helps, it's great. If I I got if somebody who wasn't going to watch RR watches it because of this, that's great. If, right. if somebody who who was you know on the fence about everything everywhere all at once, ah, it looks kind of weird. But they, ah, I hear that Kiwi Kwan is really good in it. He is. He's really good in it. So so give it a watch. You know. I will say the thing uh, you uh, just to wrap it up. I'll one more uh, one last thing. I, I'm like Columbo here. There is just one yeah. more thing, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, you're in your intro speech after you did the bits and stuff, which were very funny. Like I said, you mentioned how like all the movies this year. Uh, were real movies in that they were theatrical experiences and not yeah. just streaming movies. And there's nothing against the streaming movie and movies that debut on Netflix, obviously have one there previously. Irishman was like a great movie, obviously, and all these That's, different things. Yeah, but this I, year, yeah. a real theatrical experience priority. And I think 
uh, whether I don't like you said, it, it might have just kind of shaken out that way because of like what people responded to this year and yeah. getting back to the theater is a valuable tool. And I thought that was really great. Yeah, that that may have just been, that was something that I didn't even realize until right. after the, the winners had been announced. Um, somebody pointed it out to me because, yes, we've given awards to the Irishman. We gave an award to Roma. More than one. Um, and more than one award to the Irishman, and those are both technically streaming movies. But yeah. this year, when it, when it was all said and done, it was like, oh, these were all theatrically released, and um, that was really cool. And I should also people that we feel are deserving of recognition. Uh, one year we gave an award to uh, Ennio Morricone. One year we gave an award to uh, to Randy Newman. One year, and uh, so this year we gave an award to an, uh, a local uh, New York film programmer named Jake Perlin, who's been in the biz for decades and decades and decades and has his hands in a lot of different things in New York. So it speaks also to going to the movies, you know, going to see yeah. special programs at places like the Brooklyn Academy of Music or Lincoln Center or something like that. And we also gave a special award to Jafar Panahi, who um, could not accept because he's in jail. because He's being censored by the, not just censored, is being punished by the Iranian government for, for being a, uh, you know a dissident and and that's uh that ain't cool so we gave we gave him a special award and ramin uh barani who is iranian american spoke on his behalf and spoke very eloquently i thought and, i thought that was a great moment uh like uh again this is like uh it's a dinner and it's not televised so it is you kind of keep it moving and people are moving off and on the stage and everybody's kind of eating you hear a lot of clinking of silverware right like a lot of yeah. it but when, uh, which is fine. I think people do largely pay attention because how often do you get to see like Jim Jarmusch talk about a donkey, right? Not, not right. often, at least maybe in right. your, if you're friends with Jim Jarmusch, maybe you do <laughs> get to see that a lot. But for me, I'm not. So I was like kind of blown away by that. But like when Ramin Barani uh, went up there to speak, uh, I was like, you could hear a pin drop. Really? It was a yeah. really, moment, really powerful speech. I thought he was just wonderful. Uh, great. Just a really great kind of thing that you would not really I mean, that I was like, just like a once in a lifetime thing. You're not going to see in a lot of award shows like that. No, no. Know. And I was, you know, first of all, hats off. Number one, that was our, our member, uh, Bill Gabire, uh suggested that we give the award to to Panahi. Um, and, you know, technically one of his movies, No no Bears, which is still still playing um, in, in theaters. Uh, you know, that's that's a that's an awards contender for, for foreign language filming. That's a. But what what Bill Gates said is like, yeah, we you know we can we can we should discuss No Bears as a film. It's it's very good and and it's made a lot of top ten lists and it's it's an incredible movie. Um, but it's like let's talk about Panahi, the individual. You know, just what he's done. You know, he was put he was told by the government to stop making films five films ago, and he's made some incredible movies. I mean, we're talking deep art house right now, so maybe not everyone has seen a lot of Jafar Panahi films, but they're. His most famous one, I think, is The Circle, yes. which is a, a great, a really, it's depressing as hell. It's about the condition of uh, women's rights in Iran, which is not very good. Um, and The White Balloon is another one he made. Um, so anyhow, uh, you know, we decided to give this award. And it's like, oh, that's serious business. I you know, who who are we going to get to speak on his behalf? And um, when Ramin Barhani, who's also made some amazing movies, um, you know, he, he, he's, you know, he's an Iranian American. So, but, but, you know, still has a, a, a connection there. And he, you know, recited some, some uh, 
Persian poetry and translated it for us and, you know, said said some really encouraging things. So, so it was really great. I mean, even for a person like me, Jordan, who considers like Top Gun an ambulance height of cinema, I did have I have heard of some of these movies, including. <laughs> <laughs> so so I was like, even if I haven't seen them, I've at least heard of them. So yeah. but I was like, I thought that was a really great moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's another good Panahi film that I could recommend to anybody listening. Let me Google. What, yeah, Google it up. We'll do a live. He does with. um Panahi films. There's one, it's kind of recent. Three Faces. Check out Three Faces. I like this movie. It's 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 a little slow. Uh, that's how some Iranian movies are, but it's about a little town and yeah, it's a very interesting. I like that movie a lot. Three yeah. Faces by Jafar Panahi. Yeah. Well, it was a great event, Jordan. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up here. I can feel like I've like I talked to you for a long time yeah. about this, but it was really fun oh. and it was really great. Thank you for joining me here uh, to talk you got about it. it. The New York Film Critics Circle Dinner. What a moment. You got it. For all things Hollywood competition and awards season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.